Hello and welcome to JLL's Life Sciences podcast. I'm your host, Chris Walters. I'm the Investor Developer Lead for the UK Life Sciences Group at JLL. In this podcast, you'll be hearing from the great and the good that involve the life sciences sector. So we'll be talking to investors, developers, funders, occupiers, technical experts and operators in this space to hear their thoughts, views and opinions on how we can really take the life sciences sector to the next level in this market. I hope you enjoy. Today I'm joined by Rachel Dickey uh, from LNG, who's going to give us a bit of an overview in terms of her world from an investor, developer and funder perspective. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, to kick off, would you mind just giving us an introduction to who LNG are, what your role is and what life sciences means to you? So there's a lot in there, but if you can try and do that elevator pitch style, that'd be great. So LNG is best known as a pension fund manager. But over the last five years, we've been looking at how we can have more impact with our money to ultimately serve uh, our purpose of improving the lives of our customers. And that's millions of people across the UK. And we're doing that by investing our own balance sheet into regeneration, which is what I do, housing, clean energy and principal investing, essentially uh, providing equity and debt for startups and scale-ups. So in terms of regeneration and life sciences, we see them as intrinsically linked because in order for these places, our towns and cities to be successful, we really need to anchor them with employment opportunities. Yeah. Life sciences is really important to the UK economy. It's going to become increasingly important, not only to the UK, but on a world scale. And we have partnered across the country uh, with uh, operators uh, to give ourselves a platform to build on. Okay. And in, term, in terms of life sciences and industry, that's something that you said is intrinsically linked with the regeneration. Is it something that you think is going to continue to grow from strength to strength um, over, the, over the coming years? I think so. I mean, you just have to look at the government's industrial strategy uh, and also the way the world is going in terms of the demands on the life science industry. And as we look at personalised medicine and how we deal with diseases, we need that investment and we need that talent to drive continual improvement and innovation. And you also mentioned purpose. So purpose, like like a few words, I suppose, in the, in the real estate industry, whether that's placemaking or innovation, you know, purpose in particular is getting a lot of, of airtime at the moment as being particularly important. Is that also closely linked to the life sciences piece? Because if you think about it, in the broader sense, life science has an impact on people and actually, and how they can, you know, your role as a, as a real estate player, how important is that purpose thing and, and the life sciences piece? Well, I think the, the purpose of our business overrides anything to do with the real estate sector. And another major driver for LNG particularly is the aging demographic. Yeah. And so you start to see how all of these different pieces of the puzzle come together that ultimately we want people to live longer, happier, yeah. healthier lives. And so the the medical side as well as the financial side and then the physical built environment in which people live, we can't have one piece of that puzzle missing if we're going to get to where we want to be. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And um, in terms of the life sciences sector in the general sense, you as a business have been investing in that. You've been looking at that for some time. As someone that's been in the game for longer than some of the other people that are, are catching up. At least picking. 18 months now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, well, I think you've, you've, done, you've done a lot if you, if you look at how you're comparing against some of the traditional um, real estate investor market. How have you seen that momentum shift in, in the interest in the sector? Have you, have you been alive to the fact that some of your competitors are starting to, to look at this more seriously? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think when you look back, we started discussions with Bruntwood about investing in their science and tech business in 2017, probably. Okay. Um, and then we ended up signing a deal to become a 50-50 partner with them in September 18. So we've been thinking about this for a really long time um, whilst working on on that partnership. We mm. also invested with Newcastle City Council and Newcastle University in a site called Newcastle Helix. Uh, and that was one of our first forays into actually how do you successfully bring together the, the public sector, the local authority, academic institutions and corporates and from that project we started looking at other cities and we found ourselves basically either being in the meeting before or after the Bruntwood team were going in to pitch their offer and we knew that we had money at scale to deploy into this sector but we also knew the way the LNG model works is to partner in a place yeah. So we want to find the people who are there, who understand the market uh, and have that network across the public and private sector to really make these schemes a success. So it's yeah been bubbling along for, for three years and, and then most recently we signed a deal with Oxford University yeah. to help them build out their innovation spaces as well. So there's massive momentum in terms of what we're doing and we've seen a lot of people... Um, coming into this space, uh, repurposing um, yeah. to varying degrees of success, old business parks that are now called science parks, what makes it an innovation cluster or a tech cluster versus what it was three years ago, which is an, an out-of-town mm. business park. So I think we, for us, we're just focusing on trying to do it right uh, yeah. and building it so it's sustainable and it will, it will last and will continue to attract businesses both within the UK and compete on a global scale as well. And on that UK global piece, a lot of the interest is around the Golden Triangle. <clears throat> you know, the Golden Triangle made up of London, Cambridge and Oxford is is the main focus. We're seeing uh, from our research, we've done over 70% of, of investment going into those three areas. Do you think that's where all the opportunity is or you know you've mentioned some of the other projects in terms of Newcastle Oxford um, well not Oxford but Newcastle in particular is that is that sort of outside the golden triangle a key focus for you as well so I think in terms of our regeneration agenda LNG's agenda and what we're doing in life sciences this is all about investing in the UK and the UK is more than just London and more than just the Golden Triangle. I think we have to be cognizant of the fact that f 
from a life sciences perspective, the Golden Triangle is effectively a global brand. And businesses, when they are considering where they will locate, if they're looking at the UK, the chances are that's where they're going to go first. And we don't see that as being a bad thing when we're looking at our investments that are across uh, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Newcastle, uh, and hopefully more cities to follow. We have to play to that strength. We need to, on an international level, get the companies into the Golden Triangle if that's mm. what they want to do, and then start to talk to them about these other places in the UK that uh, have particular strengths in one field or another that will be relevant to, to their business. Uh, you know, I, I do think Manchester is making a bit of a name for, for itself. Mm. And we need to build on that. There is definitely critical mass and now it's strategically targeting the businesses that will help anchor the cluster even more than there already is. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, Manchester is a fantastic example of all the, the great stuff that's happening on the Oxford Road corridor, loads of opportunity and, and you know, regional cities like Leeds in particular, they've got the Leeds Innovation District, so there's, plen there's plenty to go. Um, and in, ter in terms of the type that you said around the University of Oxford, can you just briefly explain a bit about how that works and what your role is there? Of course. So uh, as LNG, we signed a 50-50 partnership with Oxford University in June 2019. And the purpose of the partnership is to help the university with its strategic goals. There are four, and we are helping with three. One is okay. more accommodation for graduate students, then subsidised housing for staff of the university, and then the third one is innovation districts, so creating commercial space around university academic departments where they can really maximise the research that they're doing. Uh, the fourth strand of that is their own capital projects, so the university investing in its own, own estate. So we've got started on a couple of projects, uh, one of which is Begbrook Science Park, uh, which is to the north of Oxford. It's about 135,000 square feet at the moment, potential to expand as if in a first phase to, to five or 600,000 square feet, and then potentially another 17 hectares of employment land. And this is just one of the schemes being brought forward in Oxford that will completely change that market mm. and start to uh, put northern Oxford on, on the map a little bit. A lot of the science parts at the moment are concentrated to the south of Oxford, but most of the new housing being brought forward is around Bista and Oxford Parkway. And actually, if that's now where people can live, mm. how are we providing employment opportunities there, which will then again relieve a little bit of the stress on the existing infrastructure um, to the south of the city. So there's a scheme um, called North Oxford, uh, which is coming forward at great pace, and then to follow the scheme that we're involved in at Begbrook Science Park, and then potentially, you know, Osney Mead, which is right in the middle of, yeah. of Oxford, which is an completely unique opportunity to be able to look at a project of, of that scale right in, in the middle of the city. Uh, and then there are other clusters around, for example, the Old Road campus and the Central Science area in Oxford. And, and there's a real driver from the university to, to bring in investment and help support 
the kind of underlying ecosystem mm. that the university needs in order to maximize uh, its assets. Yeah, and it's interesting. The interesting point that I picked up was what you said at the beginning there around the fact that you were aligned to four of their strategic goals. And as a long-term investor like yourself, that's incredibly powerful for someone in the in the public sector, effectively. You know, and or the quasi-public sector. And, and working with universities, the project that you mentioned in Newcastle, how important is that relationship with the public sector? You know, do you need them? Do you need each other? Do you need each other? Um, as much as the other one does in order to get this done? Yes. I think, without a doubt, uh, the the partnerships that underlie the physical real estate are pivotal in dictating the success of these schemes. Ultimately, we build buildings. You know, yeah. we need to know what, yeah. our, what our place is in, in the universe, and we are a facilitator. And without the, the network, without the support of the place that you're in, and without of the support of the sector that you're in, it doesn't matter what we build. Yeah. And, okay, well, I mean, the public sector piece is, is important, and, and working with the public sector, I agree with you, is, is critical to get it done. But in the broader sense, you know, what, what role do you see um, yourself having as a, as a long-term investor in terms of supporting this sector and or what else can the can the sector do in order to or the real estate business do to help the life sciences market so i think one of the changes that we've had to make at a at a business level is really drilling down into the risk conventionally pension fund investors want long-term secure income to the highest covenant of tenant that you can get. Yeah. This is a totally different business model. And a, a particularly working with Bromwood SciTech, we've learned about breaking down that landlord-tenant relationship. Ultimately, these, these businesses and these people are our customers. And it's a customer-centric approach to be able to provide the services that allow these businesses to fly. And that's what our role should be. And that's not going to happen if you're only focused on short-term gains. Yeah. So we have to look at an investment over a long-term time horizon. And that drives different behaviours. It means you make different decisions. And I think we, we all, all believe at LNG, it, it gives a much better alignment and a more sustainable cash flow in the long run even if on a like-for-like -like basis, on paper from you know a value a perspective, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't. I think, yeah, and understanding those market dynamics from an investor perspective is, is really critical. And we're seeing that on the front line at, at advising clients as well at JLL in terms of helping them to get under the skin of how the occupier market works in this sector, because you're right, it's completely different. And being able to break through the the notion that it's it's poor covenant strengths um, to you know, tenants that could be gone the day after tomorrow and how that impacts investment value requires a different way of thinking. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And, and in terms of your your role as contributing to that that new supply and driving forward the sector, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you're that you're facing in order to do that? So the challenges probably fall into two 
buckets. So on one side, it's how do we do more of this more quickly? We know the demand is there. Yeah. You go to any major city in the UK and they say, we've, we've got loads of demand. We just don't have anywhere to put these companies. And we've got companies that are growing and leaving because we can't accommodate them. And so that involves changing the way that these schemes are brought forward, whether that's changing public procurement processes, whether it's being able to fast track planning and the like, which was a whole nother, nother <laughs> session. And then on, on our side as well, from a, from a developer, funder um, and owner perspective, it, it is that changing risk profile. And, you know, an, an, another one of those things is bringing forward spec space because you've always got to have space available because... Mm success is those companies growing and potentially leaving yeah leaving your network um so it's it's finding a, a way around that balanced risk and reward but it really helps when you can take a longer term view and in terms of the aspirations of um the lng business you talked a lot about sort of the network of uk centers and the benefit of them working closely together have you thought about a broader geography than that in terms of once you've built up that that opportunity or that network of schemes within the UK looking further across into Europe or even some of the more established markets in the US for example it's definitely not off the cards I think we have got more than enough to be getting on with um, <laughs> yeah. with uh, everything we've got going on in, in Oxford and, and Bromwood SciTech um, was recently selected by Liverpool City Council to be a partner there uh, and there's other schemes um, which will hopefully be in a position to announce shortly but building up really uh, prominent life science clusters in the major cities across the UK and I think we do have a model that we we can replicate but I think we also have to be conscious of the value that we bring here is so much tied into those relationships and we'd have to be careful then about how we entered new markets uh, and finding the right people to partner with so that we have that kind of um, magic dust that really takes these schemes from from being ordinary to to being quite special yeah there's i think there's something to be said you can't just put up a sign above the door that says we're open for business as a, as a life sciences cluster it just doesn't work like that you need to have all the ingredients to make it work and in terms of that global piece just to finish on that on that or finish around that theme have you do you think there's any lessons that we can learn from international projects that you've seen um, in particular for instance the US and how can we take some of those learnings and bring them into the UK market to, to take us up a level or two so I don't know we've we've talked about this before, but we we did a trip um, out to the US last year uh, to look at the markets in New York, in Boston, in Cambridge to see what we could learn. And I think the biggest takeaway was that they've created something there that is so large and self-sustaining that it doesn't track across to what we're experiencing here 
So, you know, anecdotally, someone was saying, oh, well, you're in Cambridge and you're working for a startup and that startup goes pop. You walk round the corner, you meet a friend for a coffee, you're employed that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you're in the Golden Triangle or in Manchester, you know, we still don't have that scale that potentially gives people the comfort that if they move to one place, regardless of what happened with that business, they'd be fine. It's worth relocating their family and putting their kids in a different school or, you know, buying a house somewhere. Um, So there's that side of things. Uh, And a lot of that is about the, the money, the the venture capital Mm. that sits behind these businesses. You know, Cambridge, Massachusetts has such a reputation that the the money goes there in its billions and we need to make sure that the companies growing and scaling here in the Golden Triangle and across the UK have better access to that capital. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's also around the distribution of that capital. So we've seen um, in some of the research we've done how much that venture capital has increased fourfold over the past three to five years, which is incredible. But as you rightly say, that's got to be backed up by um, a demand for space. And so the demand for space is always there, but we need to provide the supply to make it work. And just the, fi- the final piece for me that I was gonna ask was, was around predictions. So we've talked around how much the market has changed in the past 12, 18, 24 months. What do you think the market's got in store for the life sciences sector for 2020 and beyond? I think there's huge potential for growth. I think that growth needs to be led by partnerships. We need to be better at harnessing the ideas that are coming out of our universities. But I think we we also need to be careful, as we've seen in so many other sectors of like you say just trying to put a sign up on the door that says this is a life science campus and we're we're open for business Mm. so it's being really selective about where those uh, where those places evolve and and the places that already exist how we build on them and not having different parts of the uk necessarily competing for exactly the same thing and if we can work towards having a distribution of of different types of businesses and different specialisms spread across this network and having a coordinated network so that people feel like they're part of a a uk a uk innovation district as well as where be it manchester birmingham or or london Mm -hmm. um and so I think that for us, it's going to be about the coordination and, and not not cannibalizing um, each, each city. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Rachel. Pleasure. Very much appreciated. Thank you.